0: Canto twenty five of the tour of Dr. Syntax in search of the picturesque by William Coombe. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Adrian Pretzelis. Canto twenty five. My lord retired. The doctor, too, as he had nothing else to do, thought he would take a peep and see his noble patron's library. So, down he sat, without a care, in a well-stuffed Morocco chair, and seized a book; but Morpheus shed the poppies o'er his reverent head, while fancy would not be behind, so played her tricks within his mind and furnished a most busy dream, which syntax made his pleasant theme soon as he met my lord to dine, or rather. While they took their wine, the dream that I was in the Strand. I dreamed, and o'er my head methought there seemed a flight of volumes in the air, of various bindings, gilt and fair. The unfolded leaves exposed to view served them as wings on which they flew through the mid-air they passed along in stately flight a numerous throng and from each book a label fell formed every author's name to tell nor was it long before i saw with a fond reverential awe the celebrated bards and sages which graced the greek and roman ages all headed by a solemn fowl which bore the semblance of an owl. "'Twas Pallas-bird who led them straight through temple-bar's expanded gate, year-books, reports, and sage-grave entries at either temple-gate stood sentries, while Viner his abridgment shows in sixty well-armed folios. The lamb it barred, the horse it neighed. In reverence of the cavalcade near Clifford's Inn appeared to stand of Capiasis, an ugly band. For when their parchment flags appeared instant the crowded street was cleared, and the procession passed along untroubled by a pressing throng. St. Dunstan's savages were mute, but still they gave their best salute, disdaining eloquence and rhyme. They woke their bells to speak in chimes. Erskine's famed pamphlet Capee, with many an I and many a me, issued from Sergeant's Inn and made a speech to grace the grand parade. The stationers came forth to meet the strangers formed in Ludgate Street, each one upon his brawny back, bearing a large-sheet almanac. For a short time, the learned train stopped before Ave Mary Lane, that Galen might just view the college, the seat of medicinal knowledge. Nor did they fail a while to tarry before St Paul's learned seminary, where Lily's grammar did rehearse Propria que maribus in verse. At Cheapside end, there seemed to stand a pageant rather huge than grand ream upon ream of choir stock appeared like some vast massive rock on its firm base a figure stood a composite of brass and wood the months and weeks around it stand with each a number in its hand of bibles histories and reviews and magazines from every muse with cover-lids of various hue pea-green and red and brown and blue the shape was clad in livery gown the face had neither smile nor frown while it held out a monstrous paunch as fat with many a ham and haunch two printers devils o'er his head a crimson canvas widely spread whereon was writ in gilded show Genius of Paternoster Row, the mighty giants of Guildhall, urged by a sympathetic call, no sooner heard the clock strike one than from their stations they came down, and in Cheapside they took their stand in honour of the classic band. But when they heard the clock strike two, marched back as they were wont to do. Now as they came near the old jury like dullness worked into a fury a vulgar shape appeared who flew on pinions marked with 1 and 2 and other items which denote that fourpence was well worth a groat it seemed to lead a numerous train who rendered further passage vain straight he came forward to produce a blank sheet as a flag of truce near him two flattering pamphlets bore standards with figures covered o'er a gilt pence table graced the one the price of stocks on t'other shone a piqued guard of valuations and interest tables took their stations around their leader who drew nigh to make his bold soliloquy but ere he speaks my proper course is just to describe the city forces bill books and cash books formed the van an active and a numerous clan the journals followed them whose skill is exercised in daily drill on either side appeared to range unpaid accounts bills of exchange and files of bankers checks these three manoeuvred as light infantry, while many a stationary book its regular position took, and choirs of blotting paper stood to suck up any flow of blood. The ledgers of the main-body form, armed to resist the coming storm, whose ponderous shapes could boldly show a steady phalanx to the foe. Discord appeared with base intent. The hostile spirit to foment, not discord that precedes the car of Mars, whene'er he goes to war, but of a different rank and nation, known by the name of litigation, born on some foul attorney's desk, bred up to harass and perplex, whose appetite is for dispute, and has no wish but for a suit she rose upon a gander's wing and round about began to fling pleas declarations and each bit of parchment that would form a writ the newspapers with pen in hand in the balconies took their stand waiting with that impartial spirit which all well know they all inherit to make the hurry of the battle through the next day's columns rattle and with one conscience to prepare the history of this paper war. The herald now the silence broke, T'WAS mighty Cocker's self that spoke, and thus to Pallas Birds address the solemn purpose of his breast. I state my claim to ask and know from whence you come and where you go, and by what license you appear with all your foreign pagans here. How am you with all this cavalcade to insult the vehicles of trade and our dear homebred rights invade a mighty force awaits you here to check and punish your career and i am ordered by my masters who fear disturbance and disasters to bid you quickly turn about from london streets to take your route or we shall quickly turn you out my name is cocker which is known in every counting-house in town nay such my use and reputation i'm respected through the nation yes i'm the father i who speak of mercantile arithmetic source of a race that far outvies your greek and latin progenies and now i hope that in a crack you'll send an humble answer back or else expect a fierce attack I'll count twice two, and then add four. That time I'll give, but give no more. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight—I've done, and will no longer wait." The bird of Pallas, who could speak in English or in Attic Greek, as suited best, did not prolong his answer in the vulgar tongue. Twas a petition duly made by certain of your sons of trade to beg my mistress would permit that they should buy a little wit and here import though in defiance of common rules a little science I ask not if twas their intent to gain a name or ten per cent, whether 'tis wisdom or misdoing, whether twill prove their good or ruin. Or the result of civic sense or a shrewd mercantile pretence whether tis interest or pride that turns them from old rules aside that urges them to tax their trade for offerings to the immortal maid these selfsame matters to be free are mr crocker naught to me tis by minerva's high command that i conduct this classic band tis she commands and we obey nor shall you stop us on the way whether it does or does not suit your pleasure to the institute we'll go you calculating brute say will your low-born volumes dare with these brave veterans to compare what's all this bustle all this fuss think you they can contend with us they who are slaves so base and willing of any pound and pence and shilling as the pen gives they are forced to drink the venal dips of any ink and when they are filled their lives expire consigned to light a kitchen fire or sent away to such vile use as chandlers or as hucksters choose if they oppose our stated way we'll sweep them from the face of day at the same time we wish for peace and that your saucy threats may cease we do not mean to mock the city with any hope of being witty we do not bring our learned powers to vex its speculating hours or with poetic visions cross your schemes of profit and of loss we do not first suggest the deed to bring you books you cannot read. Meetings were formed, and speeches made and all by weighty men of trade to frame the unforeseen request and Surely we have done our best when we each classic did provide with a translation by its side. Dryden is ready to rehearse all Virgil's works in English verse, and Grecian Homer rests his hope of being understood by pope leland will give you if ye please the speeches of demosthenes while northern guthrie will bestow the eloquence of cicero to thomas styles and john anokes carr will repeat old lucian's jokes while juvenal's sharp satire shines in william gifford's rival lines holman and thornton will convey right notions of a latin play where'er the ancient critics wrote you may now in plain english quote and drink Pye's health when o'er the bottle for anglicizing aristotle nay all the ancient bards have sung and now may sing in vulgar tongue what could we more so cease your riot and let us pass along in quiet. Dismiss your counting-house parade, send off those cumbrous tomes of trade, back to their counters let them roam, and sip their ink, and stay at home. Nor e'er again their threats oppose to Grecian and to Roman foes. Cocker! Fools may be found, I do not doubt it, within this city as without it. This truth indeed is very clear for they were fools who brought you here. I pray thee, tell me what has wit to do with any plodding sit of wit we know not what is meant unless tis found in cent per cent. learning a drug has always been no warehouse man will take it in should practised mercers quit their satin to look at Greek and long for Latin should the pert upstart merchant's boy behold the tower and think of troy or should a democratic hatter bout old republics make a clatter should city praters leave their tools to talk by ciceronian rules and at our meetings in guildhall puzzle the mob with classic brawl no to such things they've no pretence no let them stick to common sense you may your ancient bards rehearse but there's no common sense in verse not all the classics at your tale would weigh an ounce in reason's scale i treat the name of rome with scorn give me the commerce of leghorn from italy's prolific shore the wondrous science was brought o'er the bright invention which conveyed such vast facilities to trade, the double entry far outvies all pictured, sculptured fantasies. And sure I am, his honored name deserves a brighter wreath of fame. To whose keen eye the scheme occurred, that e'er was won by conqueror's sword. What did the Greeks pray know of trade? Ulysses, as I have heard it said, was full ten months obliged to roam before he brought his cargo home. A voyage in that self same sea, our coasting brigs would make in three. The institution was displayed as a mere trumpery trick of trade, decked out, tis true, with great parade. While you are coming as a bribe to make our purse proud sits subscribe. And aid the primary intent of dividends of ten per cent. We have our pedant tradesmen too, who talk as if they something new and learning's cud pretend to chew, who get cramp words and court the muse in magazines and in reviews. Yes, we have those whose priggish rage is not to read books, but title pages, who spare no cost in drink and meat. TO FURNISH OUT IN TEMPTING TREAT THAT MAY ATTRACT AN ATTIC TRAIN TO MINCING OR TO PHILPOT LANE, WHO SNATCH THE FEAST AND GO AWAY TO MOCK THE PATRON OF THE DAY. THERE ARE WHO STRIVE TO HAVE IT THOUGHT THAT THEY HAVE MINDS WITH LEARNING fraught, THOUGH IF THEY HAVE SO SMALL DISCERNING TO INTERRUPT THEIR TRADE WITH LEARNING, the day will come when they'll be found with certain shillings in the pound but to be brief consult your fame and go back gravely as you came or we shall send you somewhat faster nor for your wounds afford a plaster look at that form which soars in air and shines like a portentous star it is the armorial symbol bright of a renowned commercial knight who sought not a superior fame than doth befit a merchant's name, see how his ensign is unfurled o'er the emporium of the world, and does with threatening aspect view your owlish worship and your crew, while in its motions we descry the sure presage of victory yes on success i calculate as sure as four and four make eight thus i have clearly stated the amount errors excepted of my just account the owl good mr cocker i have heard all that your wisdom has preferred, and i entreat you turn your head in which such numbers have been bred and see a certain wind prevail to make your grasshopper turn tail from which my wise soothsayer draws an omen fatal to your cause and you may hear his tongue proclaim your boobies will all do the same but talking is of little use therefore at once i break the truce as critics now when call'd to duel disdainful of the common fuel no more with shot or bullet vapor but wound with ink and kill with paper both sides for conflict dire prepare and thus commenced the threatened would war euclid at master cocker flew whom by one stroke he overthrew then with a knotty problem bound him and let him struggling where he found him. Caesar with all his latins pounced on the light parties whom they trounced, and soon a dreadful havoc made of bills that never would be paid, while bankers' cheques made quick retreat and huddled into Lombard Street. With equal force the Greeks attacked and drove the heavy legions back, Ledgers and journals lay all scattered, bill books and cash books were bespattered. Short was the contest. Struck with dread, confused, the city forces fled. For aid on stationers they call, but they were busy at their hall, and this same hall their trade craft found to be a sort of neutral ground. As they conceived the havoc made might serve the paper making trade, to side with either they were loath, in hopes to profit from them both. The postman now his clarion blew. His blasts were vain, they would not do. The letter books disordered flew, while Pinder from Bow Steeple clock looked down, and as he viewed the shock, chaunted nor did he chaunt in vain a loud and animating strain. Forth from the bank a troop was sent of threes and fours and five per cent, but they ran off nor struck a blow, for stocks that day were very low, and policies remained secure waiting for arms of signature. For what brave spirit e'er would fight em when nobody would underwrite em? and now these doughy sits were beat down every lane up every street but met to form each broken rank before the portals of the bank there they a solemn council hold whether by added strength grown bold to a new contest they should come or sneak away disbanded home Thus, the old classics, having beat the vulgar foe, sought Coleman Street. But, as they passed, a numerous host at Cooper's Hall had taken post. two blue-coat urchins played the fife, which called them to the martial strife when instead of pointed darts and lances, they pelted the antiques with chances. but fortune, who is ever blind turn'd short and left her bands behind. Their leader lost, away they steal, and hide their numbers in the wheel. At length the classic sages greet, their Parthenonion retreat. But while the echoing walls around, with Iopeans loud resound, against the vengeful foes appear again their angry standards rear'd, must we once more, the ancients said, o'ercome these frantic imps of trade? Is there no power to save our race from war when conquest is disgrace? The Greeks then called on Porson's name, the Latins echoed back the same, and straight in Grecian stole arrayed appeared the venerable shade homer went down upon his knees and so did tragic sophocles with all the names that end in ease hail sacred tomes he said to you i grateful owed whate'er i knew from you i gained my mortal fame the honours of a scholar's name to you the mortal power i owe to give the aid i now bestow i come from that celestial hall where they all dwell who wrote you all he spoke and lo a volume came of size immense and rueful name its back no verbal title bore but numerous dates of time long o'er while on its lettered sides appears london gazettes for fifty years straight to the foe that all aloof fluttered about each neighbouring roof it did full many a page unfold and showed whereas and cried behold while that same word upon the walls blazed forth in flaming capitals whereas a thousand voices rung and on the wing there upwards sprung a flight of dockets who were joined by die certificates unsigned these saw the foes and chilled with dread, trembled and shrieked aloud, and fled. the ghost now vanished from the view, the bird of Pallas vanished too, and then I thought the classic elves instinctive sought their proper shelves, where undisturbed each learned tome may slumber to the day of doom. I woke. And felt a real glee at that same fancied victory. Nor would I change my classic lore, poor as I am, for all the store which plodding, anxious trade can give in constant doubt and fear to live. My treasures are all well secured. I want them not to be insured. My Greek and Latin are immured within the warehouse of my brain and there in safety they remain my little cargoes lodged at home where storms and tempests never come learning will give an unmixed pleasure which gold can't buy and trade can't measure but each within its destined station learning's my pride and consolation that high-formed inmate of the soul which as the changing seasons roll acquires new strength preserves its power and smiles in life's extremest hour the learned man let who will flout him doth always carry it about him and should he idly fail to use it though it may rust he will not lose it fortune may leave off her caressing but she can't rob him of that blessing full many a comfort money gives but ask him who for money lives whether he other pleasures shares than sordid joys and golden cares how oft i've passed an evening hour within a hawthorn's humble bower and read aloud each charming line that doth in Virgil's Georgics shine. Though wealth passed by in stately guise, I felt no rankling envy rise, nor could the show my mind engage from the immortal poet's page. When homeward, as I used to stray along the unfrequented way, enraptured as I strolled along with Philomela's evening song. I felt what worldlings never share, oblivion of all human care. Such hours are few, but well we know that learning can these hours bestow. My lord continued the debate, and time passed on in pleasant rate till night broke up the tete a tete. Canto Twenty Five.